This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at CosmicPotato.com. Caesar's Palace! Las Vegas, Nevada! Site of WrestleMania 9! Here is your host, Gorilla Monsoon! Hey everybody, welcome back to Review Mania. My name is Rob. I'm Zach, and we're at Review Mania 9. Yes, episode 9. WrestleMania 9 from Caesar's Palace with Vestal Virgins and a debuting Jim Ross. Yes, Jim Ross is here. It's super cool because Jim Ross is awesome. But the thing that I don't get, Rob, is why they kept on saying that they were at the Roman Coliseum at Caesar's Palace. Yeah, that was weird. Like, yeah, no it was. Actually, there was Romans. But yeah. Oh, I mean, yes, there was there was Romans and elephants. Yes, and an ostrich. Yes, but we'll get to that in just a second. Yes. Um. So the show starts with uh, them introducing Jim Ross for the first time, which is cool. Gorilla Monsoon introduces Jim Ross, which is interesting because basically Jim Ross takes Gorilla Monsoon's place in a couple of years. I, I kind of felt like he took it to this this show and i'll be honest i was really kind of missing him yeah well i i also miss uh grill monsoon and uh jesse ventura there back and forth or um or grill monsoon and bobby heenan even yeah i kind of felt like macho i i i hated macho man on commentary but i really hated the fact that like Macho Man and and uh, they just get into it too much. Yeah, they did get into it a lot during the show. I didn't mind Macho Man too much, but I I I dislike that he's on commentary be, because because he on obviously doesn't want to be. Yeah, but 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 Vince, I, I but Vince like... is like you're too old. You need to go and do something else. So you're going to be on commentary. And I also felt like he didn't like bring much like. Normally when the wrestler moves to commentary, like, I always think of back when Taz did SmackDown. He would explain why a submission move uh, is, is painful or what, what's the purpose of the move that, he's, that the, the wrestler is doing. Here, Macho would just put, like, the lamest, like, one-liners. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Macho, like, and I think it's just because Macho was, like, what is a wrestling commentator? And he was thinking back to what wrestling commentators were like when he was a kid, and they didn't tell you why something hurt back then. Taz was really good because I think he was emul- he was emulating uh, Joey Styles a little bit, probably. And Matt Stryker also. I, I know people don't like Matt Stryker for other reasons, but I always liked him on commentary a little bit until he got a little full of himself. Yeah. So, uh, I'll go ahead and take over. You're really roboting out. Okay. Unfortunately. Um, so, yeah, we started, like you said, we started to show off with uh, Jim Ross being introduced. Um, he's in a toga. We then have Macho Man come out, and Bobby Heenan comes out on the back of an ostrich. Backwards. Backwards, exactly. 
So we get a very weak intro that just says Caesar's Palace, site of WrestleMania 9. Like, this was such a letdown. Yeah, and you know, there was no, um, nobody singing the Start Spangled Banner this year. Yeah, yeah you know what, you're right. I completely forgot about that. Well, I, I, the reason I noticed it is because immediately after I watched WrestleMania 9, I started watching WrestleMania 10, and they had a little Richard. Hmm, okay. So... I was like, so, no Reba McIntyre, no Little Richard. What's going on here? They usually pick somebody out. Yeah. So, uh, Jim Ross talks about Bret Hart defending the WWF Championship against Yokozuna and the Mega Maniacs to go against Money, Inc. Ross then throws to Finkus Maximus and the Fink introduces Cleopatra and Caesar to the ba- on the back of an elephant. Yeah, this, was this could weird. have been excised. This was stupid. Yeah, it was. It was too much. Finkton introduces Macho Man Randy Savage. He comes out with the Vestal Virgins, whatever the fuck that means. They're virgins, and they feed him grapes. Oh, there you go. Macho isn't carried out on a bed, being carried by four large men. Macho Man then gets in the ring and plays for the crowd. Macho and Jim Ross are now our color commenta- are now our commentators. Bobby Heenan then comes out with a huge display, and he is backwards on a camel, and he is begging for the camel to stop. Bobby calls his camel an attack camel. <laughs> Jim Ross says that he stinks, and Bobby agrees. Definitely. First up is WF Intercontinental Championship. Shawn Michaels, the champion, with Luna Vachon. Versus Tatanka, and I'll tell you this much: Tatanka is still fucking undefeated. And uh, I just watched the Raw leading up. Man, he doesn't get any better a year later. Yeah, no, he doesn't. You know what the other thing is? Is that um, Shawn Michaels was supposed to be uh, accompanied by Luna Vachon, and so Shawn Michaels comes out first, and Luna Vachon is like way behind him. And the reason for this is that Shawn Michaels wanted nothing to do with Luna Vachon. He thought that it didn't fit his gimmick. And so he wasn't going to put up with it. He was going to ignore her. I kind of agree. He's supposed to be a heartbreak kid. I mean, Luna does not seem like the star. Like Shawn Michaels should be with the good. Okay. Well, I don't with know the good looking person. Yeah. I mean, Luna Vachon I, is like, she She's does, supposed to she be like makeup. this scary, strong, like vicious woman you don't mess with. Right, right, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, Tatanka is undefeated, beating Michaels twice. Sensational Sherry then comes out, and Bobby says that she uh, isn't in anyone's corner, but just wants to watch. After a million years of Michaels taking off his gear, Tatanka gets in some single-leg takedowns, and then they finally lock up. Both men jockey for position with wrist, with, bleh, with wrist locks. Michaels tries for a dive off the top rope, but Tatanka catches Michaels in midair and hits him with an arm drag. That looked pretty cool. It did. Like, Michaels has really come into his own in the last couple of WrestleManias. Um, because 
Marty Jannetty was always considered the better worker of the two when they were in a tag team. But Shawn Michaels has really started to shine. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Michaels is then knocked out of the ring by a chop on the apron in front of Sherry. The announcers claim that Sherry was keeping Luna away from Michaels. Michaels tries to get back in the ring several times, but is stopped. Eventually, Michaels gets back in the ring uh, and he gets under the top rope. And he botches a sunset flip for a sloppy pin for a two. I don't know if that was his fault or Tatanka's fault. Yeah, kind of hard to tell. A leapfrog spot into the inverted atomic drop on Michaels. Tatanka then hits a DDT on Michaels after Michaels lowers his head after a whip into the ropes. Uh, They then go into a long uh, shoulder lock spot where Tatanka keeps working the shoulder with uh, shoulder whips. No no one does that anymore. No. Uh, Michaels whips Tatanka into the corner, and then Michaels runs into the corner shoulder first, and Tatanka goes back to the shoulder lock. Tatanka then hits a shoulder breaker and a running elbow drop. Tatanka then goes to the top rope, hits a tomahawk chop on the shoulder. He climbs the rope again, but Michaels hits a super kick on Tatanka as he came down to the mat. Tatanka then is thrown outside, and then both girls begin arguing. Oh, this was stupid. Michaels eventually gets out and runs off the apron to a flying clothesline. Michael hits a swinging neckbreaker for a near fall. A standing dropkick for another near fall by Michaels. Michaels now in control with a reverse chin lock. Eventually, the hold is released, and Michaels work over his Tatanka in the corner and punches Michaels. Um, Michaels then climbs the climbs Tatanka and hits a fallaway slam, and Tatanka slowly covers Michaels for a pin for a very close three count. Tatanka then tries for a running elbow drop, but Michaels rolls out of the way. Michaels then climbs the second rope, hits a sledge. Uh, to the back, and then again, Tatanka is dan- war dancing all the Hulk Hogan and no selling moves. But he he's doing his Native American dance, so it's different. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Sean then tries for a super kick, but is caught with several chops. He then climbs the rope, hits a flying cross body block for a near fall. Michaels tries for a drop kick, which is caught. Uh, into a catapult, into a roll-up for the fourth near fall. Michaels is then picked up and reverses into a roll-up of his own for a two. A power slam by Tatanka gets another near fall. Michaels sends Tatanka to the outside, and Michaels tries for another flying clothesline, but misses and falls off on the apron. Michaels then drags Joey Morella, the referee, out of the ring, and it and Michaels goes and it Michaels goes in and Tatanka hits a fallaway slam and pins Michaels, but Morella doesn't count and he calls for the bell. Fink says that due to a count out, Tatanka is the winner, but Michaels is still the champion at eight minutes or eighteen minutes and thirteen seconds. Yeah, this is okay, so this match was a bunch of bullshit because Tatanka sucks, and 
they but they wanted to keep him undefeated, but they wanted to keep the Intercontinental Championship on Michaels. So instead of not doing the match, they came up with a shitty uh, disqualification finish. Oh, yeah, it gets even better. After the match, Luna attacks Sherry with a slam, punches, and kicks. Tatanka then helps Sherry to the back. I wrote that this match was boring. I don't know why the WF is pushing Tatanka so hard, and that the Sherry Luna stuff was unneeded. It brought nothing to the match except for distraction, and it had no bearing on the outcome of the match. And this match was almost 20 minutes long. Yes, I wrote the same exact thing. I literally wrote, then an almost 20 minute match is called for a countout. What the fuck? Right. You know, at the same time that this, well, almost the same time this match was happening, over in Japan, it was Masawa versus Kawada. I mean, come on. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> so, uh, if you haven't done so, uh, you should check out our Kawada versus Masawa on the Masawa cast on our retro respective. You should be able to listen to that now. Yes. Mean Gene is in the back with, with the, quote, most promising tag team in the WWF. He introduces the Steiner Brothers against the Head Shrinkers. Okay, so I loved I loved the Steiner Brothers. I think Rick is crazy, and Scott is definitely crazy. But it was really weird to hear Scott's voice come out of his body when he, when he looks like this. Yeah. Because he has the crazy Scott Steiner voice, but he doesn't look like crazy Scott Steiner at this point. No, not yet. Not yet. He is all-American Scott Steiner and all-American. Uh, yeah, they're just all-American guys. What'd you even say? But he still, has, but he still has that. Now see you, Samoa Joe, you fat voice. <laughs> like, so I don't know. I just I, I love Scott Steiner. I don't I I don't care that he can't wrestle very well. I don't care that he's he's absolutely crazy, and I don't care that he owns a Shoney's restaurant in Atlanta, Georgia. He's just he's a wonderful human being uh, that will never ever work with the WWF ever again. He's actually been banned from the Hall of Fame. There's pictures of him. Do not allow this man. Well, he thought they thought they were he was going to go and kill Hulk Hogan. Damn. So I'm calling Stephanie McMahon a bitch and uh, saying very mean things about Triple H. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, that seems kind of a bit much, calling Stephanie a bitch. Of course, I don't know her, so whatever. They have a house about 10 minutes away from where I live, but, you know, like, I never see them. <laughs> um, so it's the Head Shrinkers versus the Steiner Brothers. JR says that this match is going to be a slobber knocker. And he explains now, how Have that... we seen the, the head shrinkers before? No. Okay. So let's talk about the head shrinkers for a second. Okay. I was, I was, uh, I was looking at, because one of the head shrinkers who's head shrinker Fatu becomes Rikishi in a couple of years. But I was looking to see how they are related to the the various people. And I was thinking that yeah. Afa, who was with the Head Shrinkers 
at ringside at ringside was Roman Reigns' dad. Yeah. But it's not. It's his brother Sika, who is Roman Reigns' dad. No, because yeah, last year sorry, I was gonna look up my WrestleMania eight. God Um it was the Samoans that we saw previously that I that I like so much. Yeah. So I was like, okay. So I was trying to see like how everybody is related and, and stuff like that. So um Afa is is the uh, father of Samu, who is not Rikishi. And he has a uh, damn bird. Okay. And then they have a uh, later, there's going to be a guy named Manu who comes in, who is also Afa's son, but he doesn't last very long. Sika tends to have the Samoans who last longer in the, in the WWF. Because uh, his son was Rosie, and then Roman Reigns, and then Fatu is, and the Usos are cousins, and The Rock somewhere in there, and also Yokozuna. Oh yeah, y- Yokozuna is also um, a cousin of of these two as well. So I just think that the Onawaii family is very interesting. Yeah, I agree. My, and my bird is laughing at us. Yes. All right. So JR says, this is going to be a slobber knocker. And Bobby Heenan is like, what the hell is a slobber knocker? He explains that it's going to be a physical, unique match. I'm sorry, a physical smash mouth unique match. Uh, first off, I two, and I put in parentheses, Rikishi question mark? Yes, it is Rikishi. Uh, Scott Steiner. So, so Fatu and Scott Steiner start off. Uh, Scott with a quick arm drag, and then a double leg takedown for a quick one. They then trade rights and lefts, and Steiner hits a Steiner liner. Uh, that turns Fatu inside out. Fatu then sends Scott into the corner of the head shrinkers, and they double team Scott. Both Steiner brothers climb to the top rope and, uh, and hit double Steiner liners, flying clotheslines, during the match. Sensational Sherry is attacked again by Luna at the first aid station. <laughs> Samu and Rick um, are then both tagged in. Samu works over Rick with punches and running clothesline. Scott is tagged in and Samu drops him out of the ring. And then a kendo stick is used to the back of Scott behind the ref's back. Five two off the second rope with a headbutt. Um, sorry, my my word just went all wonky. Uh, five two off the second rope with a headbutt and goes for a pin, but it's broken up by Rick. The head shrinkers then hit a double headbutt on Scott while the ref takes care of Scott, uh, Rick. Scott gets an, uh, an opening with a big boot, and then while trying to get the tag, he is thrown outside the ring. Rick gets in, but isn't the legal man. And Scott is run into his own corner, or sorry, into the corner uh, post. The announcers state that Scott is in a bad way. Fatu with a huge super kick on Scott Steiner, and then an elbow to the back of the head, and a standing drop kick for good measure. Every time Scott tries for an offense, he is stopped. 
Fought two tries for a cover. Uh, Samu is tagged in and works over Scott and with headbutts and punches. A big scoop slam that shakes the ring by Samu um, on Scott Steiner. Samu then climbs the top rope and tries for a huge flying headbutt, but misses. Scott slowly crawls towards Rick, and Fatu is tagged in, and Rick is tagged in, and goes after both Samu and Fatu with Steiner liners. He then tries for a noggin knocker, but is no-sold, and they hit the double headbutt on Rick. Because, you know, someone wants with their coconut heads. Yes, definitely. Samu. I don't know. Are the head shrinkers racist? Is is the head shrinkers a racist uh, outfit? Nah, I'd say no. I mean, maybe a little, but the Samoans seemed worse. Because yeah, they probably. Had, yeah, I don't know. I'd say no. It's just they've established with the Samoan tag teams that they're heading that hard heads. That's true. So, Samu tries for a, uh, a a dive, but Rick catches him and do a power slam for a two. Scott is then tagged in and then hits a belly-to-belly suplex, but it quickly is overtaken by Samu. But then out of nowhere, Scott hits a Frankensteiner for the three at 14-22. I said great matches by both teams. I really like the head shrinkers. They were an awesome team. Both men in great physical condition, and I liked the, the double team moves. Scott and Rick were young and portrayed as the all American college athletes, but man, they were hosses. Um, in the ring, and they were physical. Great in the. Uh, uh, they played great to the head shrinkers, and the slobber knocker title was well fitting of this match. What'd you yeah, think? I think this was like the only good match on the show. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. What do you think about Sherry being attacked at the first aid station? Well, we didn't see it, so I don't think it actually happened. There you go. Mean Gene is with Doink the Clown, and Mean Gene says that he has seen him do awful things to kids, uh, like throw pails of water on them or a pie in the face. They then show a replay of Doink ripping his own arm off and hitting Crush. And showing a shocked look on a girl's face. I bet. Yeah, I don't know. Doink is kind of a. It's kind of creepy. I I've always been a little uh, afraid of clowns ever since I saw. Uh, what's his face? Uh, Tim Derry. Curry as Pennywise. Ah, in, okay. In the in it and uh, Evan, not Evan Bourne, uh, Matt Bourne as Doink has always uh, kind of uh, given me that same feeling. Yeah. I've never been a big fan of clowns myself either. Crush. So it's going to be Crush versus Doink the Clown. And I got to say, I bet Vince McMahon loved, like, oh, <laughs> I even scare the children. I bet he liked Crush. Crush was huge. Oh, God. He probably had a boner for him. Yes, Vince McMahon likes big, sweaty man. Uh, yes. Yes, he does. Yes. Crush is fighting for the kids, according to Macho Man. Doink comes out to evil clown music. And Crush gives chase to Doink to the outside. And then body slams Doink on the mat on the outside. 
Crush then runs Doink into the post. Crush finally puts Doink in the ring and runs him repeatedly into the corner. Doink rolls out of the ring and Doink drags Crush drags Crush out, but Crush no sells punches from Doink. Macho Man calls Crush King TCB taking care of business. Hmm. Okay. Crush had this whole match thus far. Doink finally gets an opening and hits a terrible looking sledge off the top rope. Doink does it two more times. Then hits a pile driver on Crush. Bobby says that Doink is a split personality and that he can become a great wrestler. <laughs> I think they're trying to do the Eugene gimmick before Eugene. Uh, hmm. The crowd is dead for this match, but Macho Man says that everyone's excited. Doink hits a body slam and then goes back to the top rope and tries for something, but Crush blocks by getting his foot up. Doink tries for a dive off the top rope, but Crush catches him and turns it into a power slam and then a clothesline to the outside. Doink then tries crawling underneath the ring, but Crush catches him. The ref is then knocked out. The Doink crawls underneath the ring again and Crush catches him. And then Crush hits a kick and then hits a nerve hold. I hate those fucking nerve holds. And another Doink then comes out and hits Crush with the cast arm. And the first Doink holds Crush and they attack Crush with the arm and break it over his head. The other Doink goes back and hides and Doink goes for the cover and picks up the win at 8.28. After the match, the ref comes down and explains to the original ref that there was another Doink and they look under the ring and they don't see anything and the original ref thinks that the other ref is insane. Did you uh, see who the other ref was? I didn't pay that close of attention. I was writing. It notes. was Bill Alfonso. Really? Yeah. Honestly, I probably could have never even told. Tell. Yeah, he didn't have his whistle, and he wasn't yelling all over the place. So yeah, it was very hard to <laughs> exactly. tell that it was Bill Alfonso, but it was. <laughs> but if you're going, hey baby, I'm talking about Rob Van Dam RVD four twenty. Woo! Yeah, he uh, wasn't okay. saying that yet. Mr. Monday night. Mr. Tuesday night. Mr. Wednesday night. Mr. Thursday night. He's been all those nights. He's, he's all the nights. Mr. Sunday night. Yeah. He hasn't been Mr. Saturday night, though. No, he takes a break. He has to party. This match sucked. It was slow, the crowd didn't freaking care, and the moves were slow and plotting. Both men looked awful. Fuck Crush and rest in peace Matt Bourne, but fuck Doink. Yes, but Doink lives on on the indies because everybody plays Doink at least once. Oh, yeah. Chris Jericho. Other people. Yes. Doink will never die. Todd Pentengale is with, uh, is in the Bob Euchre seats, the cheap seats, I would assume. <laughs> he finds a Japanese journal. He finds Japanese journalists. Oh, God. I just have a flashback Yoko from WrestleMania. Yokozuma number one. Yokozuma just... number one. Wahahaha. <laughs> yes. That's basically the only thing that happened. I just have flashbacks to WrestleMania three or four or whatever it was. 
Jesus Palace number one. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's yes. like, why, why are you laughing like that? Why, like, I get it, you can't speak English, but why is Todd Pettengill talking to these Japanese people if he knows they can't speak, if he knows you can't, they can't speak English? Because racism is a thing in 1993. Yeah, I know. Ha ha ha. Asian stereotypes. Am I right? I know, but, and why is that guy laughing like that? I, I think he was nervous. Maybe. I don't know. He's just like... He's laughing like an evil supervillain from, <laughs> like, from Tokusatsu. <laughs> <laughs> what a dumb segment. Uh, all right. Yes! All right. It's funny. You get all loud. You're, like, laughing, and you're, like, blowing out my earphones. I'm sorry. Ah, oh, you're just so excited. Ah, <laughs> oh, this... Was a weird frigging match. So, Razor Ramon versus Bob Backlund. Both, both the first time we've seen Scott Hall and Bob Backlund at WrestleMania. Yes. So, fun fact I am from Princeton, Minnesota, where Bob Backlund is from, and they even announced him as such, as I was actually kind of surprised. When they announced him from Princeton, Minnesota. Because, to tell you the truth, Princeton is a small town. Well, now, because it's 2018, they now consider Princeton part of the Twin Cities. It's fucking crazy. But it's like 45 minutes north of the Twin Cities of Minneapolis. Hmm. Anyway, I'm from that city. Sadly, there is no school or anything named after him. I never got to go to Bab Bob Backlund Elementary. It was either South Elementary or North Elementary. You wouldn't want to go to Bob Backlund Elementary. I don't know. Bob I think Backlund. I would. I think it would have been cool. Bob Backlund's crazy. Yeah, but he's been... He's like the best thing and, known to Princeton. It's the only he, thing I've known And he for. dances like a duck. Oh, good for him. Da-na-na-na-na. But So it was either South Elementary until... Uh, you got to do second or third grade, and then you move to North Elementary until sixth grade. The funny thing is, Princeton isn't a very big town by any means. Why they needed two elementary schools is beyond me. Anyway, fun fact. Just kind of reminiscing. Anyway, Bob Backlund comes down running to the ring to no music. So well, I he smell... was from the era of where there was no music. I know, so... What would Bob Backlund's theme be? The chicken dance? No, it would be like a uh, like a trombone or a trumpet going, one on one on one one on one one like over and over again as he as he walks like a duck down the the aisle. There you go. I duck smell art. squash written all over this. I wrote. Jr. Okay, to- but here's the funny thing okay. about about this. Okay, Bob Backlund wins the WWF championship not this lot long from now. Holy fuck. He beats Bret Hart for it. Ah, oh, poor Bret Hart. So it's it's like it's not that long from now that he that he wins the WWF champions, like within the next year. Oh wow. Next year and a half oh. thereabouts. So like yeah, it's it's like this is a squash match. But if you compare where Razor Ramon ends up and where Bob Backlund ends up, it's very different. 
Yeah, no shit. So JR gives us an update on Sensational Sherry. The bell rings, and Ramon plays to the crowd. Bob offers to shake the hand of Razor, but he throws a toothpick in his face. The crowd is firmly behind Razor Ramon with a chant of Razor. Ramon keeps pushing uh, Backlund to the corner, but Backlund is able to repeatedly take Ramon off his feet by sweeping the leg. Bob Backlund is 43, apparently, in in this return. Uh, I would swear he was, like, older. But, yeah, 43. Ramon slams Backlund with several body slams. Oh, hold on. I have to to move. What? Podcast. But I have... Oh, it's okay. I'll just... Bob Backlund's 43. I think that's where we left off. Yep. Backlund comes back with several arm drags and then knocks down Razor. He then sets up and then hits... A double uh, underhook suplex, and then a long atomic drop spot walking around the ring with Razor. Razor with an inside cradle out of nowhere for the win at 3.45. Okay, so Bob Macklin was wrestling like it was 1963. That is true. And Razor Ramon did nothing. Yeah, but I do have to say that it was impressive of... Uh, Bob Backlund to carry Razor Ramon around the ring like that. Because Bob yeah, Backlund's not that tough. Bob Backlund's not a big guy, and Razor Ramon's like 6'10", I think. Like, Scott Hall's a big dude, yeah. so. Yeah, I wrote back, it was a short match. Ramon didn't get much offense, and Backlund didn't do anything impressive. Just some arm drags, although the atomic drop spot was impressive. I'd give this half a star at, at best. Yeah, I don't. I've... <clears throat> Yeah, I hear you. Mean Gene is with the WWF Tag Team Champions, Money, Inc. Mean Gene replays how the match came to be about. IRS shoved Jimmy Hart down and then uh, waffled Brutus in the face with the Halliburton briefcase. Hogan was in at home watching and was upset. Ted DiBiase says that uh, the stakes are high and that's the way they like it. That in Las Vegas is their backyard. IRS says that they're going to take the protective mask off of Brutus the Beefcake and they're going to destroy his face. He then says Hulk Hogan had an accident coming out of the gym and that's what money can buy. Accidents. Okay, so, yes. Let's talk about Uh all of this for just a second here. First off, uh, Brutus Beefcake... Uh, is like returning to the ring after having a terrible accident to his face. Like he was in a parasailing accident. And that's why he was wearing the protective mask. I think it's really funny that uh, Hulk Hogan was at home watching the match and got upset. Hulk Hogan was in Japan. He was wrestling in Japan and then he came back. Really? Yeah, he was in New Japan. He was wrestling in like Enoki and stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and then he came back because they promised him the title. Um, and, um, this injury that happened, um, we'll get into it a little bit, but, uh, Hulk Hogan comes out and he has this terrible black eye. Yeah. That's my first note was Hulk Hogan comes out with a huge black eye and some stitches. Brutus is in a yellow and red protective face mask. So, um... There's two stories about this black eye that he has. Either 
the WWF's official story is that he got into a jet ski accident, and that's why he has it. Um, the other story that's been bandied about is that Macho Man punched him in the face, and that's why he has the black eye. Um, yeah, but he had stitches, though, too. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you get punched... The area around your eye is very sensitive. If you get punched hard enough, and if, like, Macho is wearing rings or something, that's where the stitches could come in. That's true. Um, I mean, the reason that supposedly Macho would punch Hogan in the face is because um, at this point, Elizabeth and Macho are divorced in real life. Yep. And um, Elizabeth was... um, living in Hogan's house with uh, with Hogan's wife. That's weird. Yeah, it is. It I mean, is maybe weird. they're really close friends. I don't know. Maybe yeah, Linda... I mean, maybe yeah, Linda maybe really and... close friends, but... What's her name? Linda? Who what was Hogan's name? My wife's name. I think it was Linda, but that's also McMahon's wife's yeah, name. Yeah, hold on. I think... Is it Linda Hogan? Not Stephanie Hogan. No. Um, Hogan was. Yeah, Linda Hogan. Yeah, Linda. So he's, he's uh, maybe maybe they were just really a lot close. like his daughter, though. Oh God, don't even. Yeah. <laughs> um, may, I mean, I, I would just think that maybe, um, maybe they were friends. I, I wouldn't. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't. I don't know the story. WWF said he got into a jet ski accident. There was plenty of rumors that said that he got into a fight with Macho because Macho was... Macho basically blamed him for ending his marriage to Elizabeth. Ah, like you've said in the past, it sounds like Macho Man did a good job of doing that himself. Oh, yeah, no, I totally put the blame on on that on Macho. No doubt. But that's... That's that's Macho's reason. Yeah. All right. Let's get into it. Third match on the card. You're already getting Hulk Hogan. I know. It's almost like he's not important. No. Fucking has been. Bobby Heenan says that he is he's with he was with Money Inc. until four AM and knows where they ha- where they were. They bell rings and there was a ton of stalling with Money Inc. on the outside and Hogan and Beefcake pandering to the crowd. Basically every Hulk Hogan match. Um, <clears throat> Beefcake finally says that he'll start the match and it starts with Beefcake and IRS uh, right away tagged out to DiBiase and then double team in their corner Money Inc. keeps double teaming Beefcake with tags back and forth DiBiase comes off the top rope with a sledge to the face but DiBiase hurts his hand because of the perfective mask Beefcake does a 10 headbutt spot in the corner. Hogan is then tagged in, and the crowd goes nuts. Hogan does a 10 punch in the corner to DiBiase. He then does it again in the center of the ring while the crowd counts along. Do you think that um, <coughs> Brutus should have been uh, disqualified for wearing the face mask? Isn't that a foreign object? No, because he was doing it to protect his face. Yeah, but, like, Bob Orton got disqualified for hitting people with his cast. 
Yeah, but that's something you can protect. That's something you can change, though. Like you can swing your arm and hit someone with a cast. You can't take your. He's not, he's not taking the protective mask off and hitting it with a. It's not his fault that. Uh, <laughs> that Ted DiBiase tried to sledge to his face and hurt his hand. I guess not. I, I mean, it goes back to the D'Lo Brown. You know, oh, with his chest, chest protector. protector. Yeah. And also Roman Reigns. Exactly. With his bulletproof vest. Yeah. No wonder he can't get pinned because the padding. Exactly. All right. Hogan then he even intimidates the ref and then tags out to breathe. This is weird. Hogan, yeah, Hogan was like was playing acting heel. like a heel like throughout this entire match. Really odd. Like he was starting to punch the ref and yeah! he, did that, like, he did that like several times. It's ridiculous. Beefcake then hits a stu- scoop slam on DiBiase as he tries to keep his mask on. Hogan is then tagged back in and hits a sledge off the second rope. DiBiase is clotheslined out of the ring. And IRS comes in and gets thrown over the rope for good measure as well. With Beefcake and Hogan then pandering to the crowd, Money Inc. then starts walking down the ring, or walking down the entrance ramp to the back. Fink then gets on the microphone and says that the referee has stated that if Money Inc. doesn't get back in the ring by the count of 10, they will lose the match and their titles. I don't think the ref can do that. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Since when can the ref just be like, oh, okay. That was stupid. Bobby Heaney, Bobby Heenan brings up a good point. How can the how can they make up the rules as they go? Very good point. Money Inc. gets back in the ring at eight. Hogan and DiBiase get back in the ring, and DiBiase gets a kick to the gut, and then chokes Hogan on the second rope. Money Inc. then takes turns choking Hogan while distracting the ref. DiBiase then slaps on the Million Dollar Dream in the middle of the ring. Hogan is brought down to a seated position, and then the ref checks on the arm of Hogan. It drops once, then twice, but the third time, he keeps his arm up, and he starts to hulk up. I've seen this a million times with Hulk Hogan. But Diviasi keeps on the million-dollar dream, uh, but IRS tries to get in, which allows Beefcake to come in and put a sleeper hold on DiBiase, and then leave the ring. Um, Both men are then down, and the referee starts a 10 count. The ref gets to 7, and no movement. And then 8, and Hogan pops up, like the Undertaker. Both men crawl to their corners, each get the tag, and Beefcake is a house of fire, taking down IRS and DiBiase. Beefcake is then hitting punches in the corner, uh, punches by coming off the rope, and Beefcake tries for a third one, but DiBiase hits Beefcake in the back with the Halliburton briefcase, giving IRS the advantage, who takes out the DiBiase, who then comes back in with kicks and tries to pull the mask off. Eventually, DiBiase can get the protective mask off of of Beefcake, and Money Inc. double-teamed Beefcake with punches to the face. Money Inc. then takes turns tagging in and out to each other quickly to keep double-teaming moves on Beefcake on their side of the ring. Beefcake is able to take back over with a double-flying clothesline, and Beefcake slaps the sleeper hold on IRS. The referee is knocked out when DiBiase hit the back of Beefcake 
with the briefcase. Hits uh, the back of Beefcake, and Beefcake does a hot tag to Hogan, and hits the big boot of DiBiase, and attacks IRS. <sighs> he then hits IRS with the briefcase, and Beefcake pins IRS, and Hogan pins DiBiase, and J uh, Jimmy Hart slides in and grabs the ref's jacket and makes the pin. Another ref then runs down and claims that due to disqualification, the winners are Money, Inc. Hogan and Beefcake grab Danny Davis by the lapel. Jimmy Hart then throws Danny Davis over the top rope, and Beefcake and Hogan pulls to the crowd. The match went 18-27. After 88 years opposing, Hogan finds the Halliburton briefcase. Inside it, they find tax forms and a brick and stacks of money. Hogan then starts giving the money away to kids, and Bobby Heenan is losing his shit. And DiBiase then goes around and takes the money back. Yeah. <laughs> but the money, like, but what I was saying is, like, all of it is, like, $1 bills. Yes. <laughs> no, my $1 bills. I have a million of those. That's why I'm the, the million dollar man. They're going to the strip club afterwards. <laughs> I guess. Las Vegas is a good place to do that. Yes, yes it is. Uh, I... <sighs> Fuck Hulk Hogan. I'm glad he's gone after this. He's not gone after this. He's not? But, well, he's not at WrestleMania 10, but he, he stays until King of the Ring. Wow. Well, so, he, like, so he, like, ruins the next, like, half year of, uh, of programming. We just won't see it. Hooray! Well, I'm glad then. <laughs> I'm glad this is the last WrestleMania I have to watch with Hulk Hogan. Because, For a while. Gee, yeah, well, until WrestleMania 20. Or No, um, 17. Is it? Eight, no, eight, 18, 18. 18, yeah. 18. But still, this is like every fucking Hogan match. Pander the crowd. Like, again, they lose and they don't give a fuck. The well, team t- we know why Hogan doesn't care, because, you know, he he's knows. Hulk. Hey, he's Hulk Hogan. I don't want to spoil yeah. the ending yet. But yeah, he knows because he's Hulk Hogan. Anyway, fuck this match. Uh, what was your, do you have anything, anything more to add about this match? No, it's awful and stupid, and I hate this WrestleMania. <laughs> mean Gene is with Mr. Perfect. He talks about how impressive Lex Luger is. Uh, and Lex Luger is knocked out by Bret Hart at the WrestleMania brunch. Perfect says he's going to take down Lex. Whoop-de-doo. No, uh, Lex Luger knocked out Bret Hart. That's what I meant. Whatever. The Narcissist. Lex yes, Luger. The, Sorry, go nar- ahead. Yeah, the Narcissist is Lex Luger. You see, Lex Luger has an iron plate in his arm, and that's what he uses to knock people out. He's a knockout artist oh. with that metal plate in his arm. Well, that is cheating, then. He should be... Every match, he should lose by DQ. Well, can you help having a metal plate in your arm? I guess not. Um, you know, it's interesting. Um, Bobby the Brain introduced uh, Lex Luger to the WWF, and then he said, uh, he called him Narcissus. Yeah, like, Narcissus. Like the Greek fairy person. And then it got changed to the Narcissist. Yeah, because now he comes out with a mirror. Behold, Narcissus. Yeah, Narcissus. <laughs> and then, and then, oh, here, here's the Narcissus. Yeah, yeah, weird. 
Lex comes down with four very attractive women. Both Bobby Heenan and Macho Man are very creepy, catcalling them, and Ross just no-sells it. Yeah, well, it's also like, um, I think Kevin Dunn was in charge of the cameras by now, because they were, like, legit, like, right in some of the models is, like, We need that camel booty. toe shot. Huh? We need the camel toe shot. Yeah, I know. Like immediately, yeah, just it like, was bad. like he's like, like putting the camera, like the lens, right up to the fabric. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, this it is was gross. Collar and elbow tie up. Both men take turns reversing it. Perfect gets the drop kick, and then the crisscross spot, and Luger retreats to the floor. Luger takes back over with punches. He then. Uh, he then goes for a big boot, but Perfect slaps Luger and then crushes the knee and then starts working over the knee with kicks every time Luger tries to get up. Perfect and, and Lex Luger is doing his famous selling of every time he gets hit, he yells, Ah! <laughs> ah! Oof! Ouch! <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> Perfect then applies the spinning leg lock. Perfect then gets some loud chops at Luger's chest, Luger's chest. Luger begins throwing Perfect into the turnbuckles with tremendous force. And uh, yelling also. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> What's my next know, spot? I, I, I always love it when Lex Luger like, uh, like gets kicked and he literally goes oof or ouch or ah. <laughs> He's like a cartoon character. There you go. Luger is working over the lower back of Perfect, and it isn't even selling his knee. He's been running around the ring the entire time. Luger picks up Perfect and walks around the ring and then hits a backbreaker for a two. Again, no selling the knee. Luger double legs, take down Perfect, and attempts to pin with his feet on the ropes, but the ref catches Luger for, uh, at the two count. Perfect is then whipped into the ropes, but counters it with a sunset flip on Luger, and it gets a two count, a very impressive uh, spot. The crowd isn't much into the match, very quiet. Perfect then hits an inside cradle after a whip into the ropes, uh, but he gets a two. Perfect tries for several more pins, but Luger kicks out a two. Perfect with a reverse neck breaker for a near three. Perfect gets to the top rope and hits a flying drop kick. For the near three, but Luger gets his foot on the bottom rope for a two. Luger and Perfect fight for a backslide. Oh, that's right. They fight for a backslide, and Luger wraps his foot around the rope, and then he gets the backslide on Perfect for the three count. Uh, the, the ref doesn't see that Perfect grabbed the ropes to break the pinfall. Your winner, Lex Luger at 10.56. And then after the match... Luger gives Perfect so, yep. a cheap shot. After the match, Lex Luger gives Perfect a clothesline, which knocks him out. Perfect eventually regains consciousness, and the announcers put over the move, and Ross reef, re, oh sorry, and Ross defends Perfect. Perfect then gets angry because he realizes what happened. The cameras follow Perfect into the back through the curtain, and he finds Luger talking to Shawn Michaels, and they start fighting, but Shawn Michaels, in jeans only, 
is beating Mr. Perfect with anything not nailed down. We then well, cut to Macho. Shawn Michaels doesn't have use for shirts. No, he is sans shirts. At, at least he's not wearing those shorts. That is true. We then cut to Macho Man, Jim Ross, and Bobby Heenan. And Macho and Bobby are about to get into a fist fight. And Jim Ross must play Peacemaker. We then cut to Gorilla Monsoon as he has the Undertaker vs. Giant Gonzalez. Blah, blah, blah. I hate it. I hated that segment. Where, like, Jim Ross is literally between these two men. And they're screaming at each other. Like, wow. It was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah no, definitely it was ridiculous. Um, I just felt so Like, this is day fucking one. For Jim Ross? Yes. And Macho Man and Bobby Heenan are like... I think legit going to like go to blows. I mean, yeah, I mean, probably. I mean, uh, they were probably both selling. They both obviously were, but man, they made it feel real. Yeah, I mean, they're both really good. So, and Macho Man's legitimately crazy. So <laughs> that is true. All right. Well, let's get into more wrestling. Uh. Oh, no, God. let's skip this match. I wish we could, but we can't. Please? D- no. Okay. The Giant Gonzalez with Harvey Whippleman, for some reason, and The Undertaker. Hey, Zach, explain to our listeners who and what is a Giant Gonzalez. Well, okay, so Giant Gonzalez is this seven-foot-tall, or no, eight-foot-tall uh, Argentinian basketball player uh, turned pro wrestler because his knees were bad and he was El Gigante in WCW and he sucked there. And so WCW let him go. And then Vince was like, there's an eight foot guy. God I damn. must need him. And then he brought him in and giant Gonzalez wears this bodysuit oh, that makes so him bad. look like he has muscles and oftentimes it's covered in fake fur because he's a Yeti. And there's also fake fur over his crotch for some reason. <laughs> he's thing. just so large. He's got to be censored. Goddamn, yeah. pal. You don't want to see his junk. That's true. Uh, and put our fans to shame. And he just sucks so much. All right. Harvey Whippleman is a manager. He, in the Attitude Era, would go on to win the woman's title. title. Yes. That's all I don't know Harvey Whippleman for. All um, right. Yeah. The announcers claim that Giant Gonzalez is nearly eight feet tall. Undertaker comes out with a vulture and Paul Bear. Bobby brings up the fact that when Giant Gonzalez debuted in the Rumble, he made easily work of the Undertaker. Giant Gonzalez... Hits two forearms, which Taker no-sells, and Taker gets an early advantage. But Gonzalez goes, gets a choke on him. Taker climbs to the second rope and uh, gets a choke on Gonzalez. But Gonzalez hits a low blow on Taker. Taker then climbs to the top rope and hits his old school, which I guess you could call the current school. I don't know. Uh, Gonzalez. Anything to make this match interesting, Exactly. Gonzalez has yet to fall off his feet at this point. 
Taker hits several more kicks to the corner. <clears throat> the ref makes him get out of the way, or makes him get out of the corner, and Gonzalez comes back with a big boot and a clothesline, taking Taker down. A hip toss by Gonzalez on Taker, and then he applies a sleeper hold, because that's what this match needs. Taker falls to his knees, and then to a seated position, and the ref checks Taker's arm, but Paul Bear raises the urn, and Taker's arm goes up. Taker tries to break the hold with elbows, but Gonzalez throws Taker out of the ring. Taker is beaten out of the ring and into the stairs uh, steps twice. Paul Bear then raises the urn, and it brings Taker back to his feet, who then gets back into the ring. Uh, Giant Gonzalez hits several headbutts and forearms in the back. Taker comes back with kicks, chops, and uppercuts. Gonzalez staggers and then drops to one knee. Whippleman then throws in a towel to the ring and then attacks the Undertaker. And Gonzalez beats Paul Bearer and then Gonzalez grabs the rag and the announcers claim that it's chloroform. Undertaker drops to his knee and the bell rings. At this point, the Undertaker is out and the Macho says, You can kill a man with chloroform. The announcers play up the fact that the Undertaker is in a big trouble and a lot of officials come down out of the back and they drag a motionless undertaker out of the ring and gurney is then brought ringside gonzalez then starts attacking the refs with a choke slam which has nearly turned the ref inside out it was very sloppy the undertaker's bell rings and taker walks back to the ring from the back and taker hits a clothesline and tries for a flying clothesline but fails miserably and falls on his ass, taking Gonzalez down. Paul Bear then holds Taker back and armed security comes down. Winner by DQ, The Undertaker by at 7.33. Bobby Heenan is pissed that the Gonzalez didn't win. Okay. There's so let's talk, let's talk about a few things. That's not how chloroform works. I also love the fact that... Like, <laughs> Oh, I can smell it. Like, if you can, sm- if you could smell it, then you'd also be out. Yes, I love the fact that there's no that's, that's Russ, Russ. That's chloroform. Why does it? And like, why, why do you know what this know smells what, like? Why? Why does everybody know what chloroform smells like? <laughs> I don't know. You I, don't know what chloroform smells like unless you use it for something. And why are you using chloroform? Yeah. This, this like. Okay, granted, The Undertaker has this undefeated streak for years and years and years and years. This is part of that. Yep. This basically almost ruins the entire streak. It's like they couldn't even figure out who they wanted to push in this match. Like, okay, Giant Gonzalez is big. Oh, let's push him. But then, like, Taker gets all his heat back and basically goes over victorious. Like... Nobody won in the in like at the end of the day, like you're left just been like cool, Undertaker, I guess, won by DQ and 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 the thing is Undertaker's already been world champion at this point. He beat Hulk Hogan. So it's like, do you really need to job him out to Giant Gonzalez who doesn't even who's not even around next year? Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. <clears throat> All right, Jim Ross throws to Mean Gene, who called Jim Ross Jimmy Ross. 
He runs down the main event. Says that now Yoke, how Yokozuna debuted. He plays clips of Yokozuna hitting two bonsai drops on Hacksaw Jim Duggan. I wrote good because less Jim Duggan the better. I know. I don't get why you hate Jim Duggan so much. But... I can. And then the contract signing of Bret Hart and Yokozuna attacking Hart and hitting the bonsai drop on Hart. Hulk Hogan just randomly walks into the shot and cuts a promo. He says that he was in Bret's dressing room. And it says that all the Hulkamaniacs and Hulk Ho- and Hogan is in his corner. Hogan's right eye looks awful, bruised, and blackened. He then Even wants the Hart- eyeball looks blackened. I don't oh, know how God. that happened. It was awful, yeah. He then says he wants Hart to watch Fuji and Yokozuna like a cat because they take everything too far. He then says that he wants the first shot at either Hart or that Jap and the WWF Championship belt is going to stay in the USA. Goddamn. Yeah, because, you know, racism is happening. Exactly. You know, uh, I sent you a clip of... Um, yes. Of uh, Virgil facing off against Yokozuma and the aftermath where Virgil calls him Yakazama. Yes. So that's, that's kind of like how I like to remember Yokozuma as Yakazama. Calling him Yokozuma. Yakazama. Yeah, oh, man. Uh, Todd's in the crowd with a young boy who doesn't say any, say a freaking word. So he gets up and finds uh, some frat boys who got togas from their Motel 6. And then they start wrestling. It was weird. Yeah, I guess Todd Pentengill was on Find the Craziest uh, People. Yeah, poor Todd I'm surprised Pentengill. he didn't go back to the Japanese people so we could hear more of. <laughs> Las Vegas number one. <laughs> Yakazama number one. All right. We're already there. We're already at the main event. And yeah, we're not even an hour matches. into this pit. What's that? There wasn't a ton of uh, matches on this. No, there wasn't. We're not even an hour into this podcast. Man, new record. WF Championship match. Yokozuna with Mr. Fuji versus Brett the Hitman Hart, who is your champion. Yokozuna comes out first, and then Brett Hart comes out. Jim Ross plays up the Hart family being legends. The bell rings. You know, actually, I gotta say, I am mad that they did not play up Yokozuna. Like, they could have did, like, the traditional, like... Uh, you know, some big elaborate entrance, uh, all this stuff, and they didn't do it. It's WrestleMania. Well, nobody had a big elaborate entrance for the most part. I like know. Lex Luger did, Undertaker did, but for pretty much that was it. I know, but still, I think it would have helped play up the. Uh, anyway, uh, Yokozuna does a stance, pounding his feet on the floor like a sumo wrestler. Bret Hart. That's the only thing he does like a sumo wrestler. That is true. You mean the sumo wrestlers don't do the bonsai drop? No. <laughs> well, actually, Aki Bono did when he started doing professional wrestling, but he had quit sumo quit by sumo, then. Yeah. He had been none. He was no longer a Yokozuna. No. Bret Hart hits a running drop kick and then climbs to the second rope and hits several punches. Um, and Yokozuna just. Pushes him off like nothing. Hart tries for a go around, but Yokozuna just turns and throws him away. Like nothing. Hart is then thrown from the ring. 
And Yokozuna tries to keep him out, and Hart grabs the foot and tangles it into the ropes. I really like this. Uh, and takes Yoko down. Hart climbs to the second rope and hits a flying elbow smash into a downed Yokozuna. The ref helps Yokozuna out of the ropes, and Hart hits several clotheslines, but Yokozuna comes back with one of his own, taking Hart down. Yokozuna then takes over and hits a body slam for a, a big, uh, um, a body slam and a big leg drop. And Ross sells like the leg drop has just killed Hart. A large USA, USA, USA chant breaks out. Yokozuna puts on a nerve hold to the neck of Hart and he falls to his knees. I don't know why there was a big USA chant. I was going to get to that. I was, that's, hold on, I was going to get to that. After a bit, Hart is able to break out, and Yokozuna, with a loud whip into the turnbuckle, Hart then climbs the rope and jumps to the back of Yokozuna and tries for a pin and gets a two. Yokozuna then applies another nerve hold in the middle of the ring. Bobby Heenan makes a good point that Hart is from Canada and Yokozuna is from Japan, yet the crowd is chanting USA. So yeah, they didn't, uh... <laughs> they just didn't... Well, yeah, I mean, technically... If we're going to talk about this, um, Yokozuna is from Samoa. Yes. Um, wow, come on. He's America from... Samoa. Yeah. And American Samoa is basically is a U.S. territory anyway. So he's technically American. Yeah, 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 technically. And, come on. And, yeah, but, and Bret Hart's Canadian. Yes. Yeah. Yokozuna tries for a splash in the corner, and Yokozuna misses said splash in the corner. Hart hits a bulldog for a two, and then hits the running clothesline and takes Yokozuna down. He then climbs to the second rope and hits punches, but Yokozuna runs with Hart around his shoulder, and then Hart pulls off the turnbuckle during this. Yokozuna tries to run Brett's heart, Brett's head into the exposed turnbuckle, but he reverses it, and Yokozuna goes headfirst, and Hart gets the sharpshooter on. But, Which is impressive. Yeah, it was. But Mr. Fuji like, throws salt into the eyes of Hart. Yokozuna then pins Hart for the three at 8 minutes and 55 seconds. Yeah. So, okay. So, um, Barring anything further, what did you think of the match? Don't don't th- don't worry about anything coming up. No, I, I know. Um, Brett did the best that he could. Now, have you read Brett Hart's biography? No. Okay, I have. And in it, Bret Hart talks about this match. He talks about a lot of his big matches in, mm-hmm. in that book. And um, this match was supposed to go on for another five minutes. What? And Yokozuna just got really tired and, like, skipped five minutes of the match. Wow. I I seriously wonder what they're going to do because, like, you know, the, the, the turnbuckle, you know, kind of came into play there. I mean, that obviously probably wasn't the finish. But I wonder what more they could have did. I mean, like, yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not too sure, but um, he 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 said that Yokozuna was so fat and that he got so tired that he just wouldn't work anymore, and then um, and then he had to go to the finish. Huh? Yeah. Well, I honestly think it was a good thing. Although I am kind of bummed that, like, you know, we didn't see Yokozuna try to play the up the, you know, they didn't try to play up the bonsai drop or anything. 
Yeah, he didn't. He really didn't go for it. Yeah, really odd. All right. So, fucking hell. Hulk Hogan runs out of the ring immediately, and Fuji grabs a microphone and challenges Hulk Hogan. But Hogan helps Bret Hart. Fuji sweetens the deal and says it's for the WWF Championship. Hart, that's what I don't understand. Hart motions for Hogan to do it. Hogan then runs in, and Hogan's arms are being held back by Yokozuna, and Fuji throws the salt, but misses Hulk Hogan, hitting Yokozuna in the face. Hogan takes Yokozuna down, hits a leg drop, and covers him for the three at 22 seconds. Yeah, so basically, Bret Hart's is a piece of shit, and Hulk Hogan is the best. What I don't get is why the fuck is Bret Hart like, oh, go do it, man. Go do it. I'm okay. Just go, go beat up Yokozuna. You know, I seem to remember in I seem to remember in Brett's book he's like I didn't realize this was going to happen, or he said that uh, he was told it was going to happen, and that Hulk Hogan would drop the belt to him at SummerSlam. Like, at at SummerSlam, and then Hulk, Hulk was like, "No, he's too small, brother." <laughs> Fuck off. Um, okay, but, so here, here uh, I got some more to write. Anything else? Got no, it's just um, I got a little bit just, more. Yeah, okay. All right. Hulk Hogan then is declared the new WWF champion by Howard Finkel, and Jim Ross loses his shit. And Bobby Heenan is upset that Yokozuna was a three-minute champion. Ross claims that never before has the WWF championship changed hands two times in one night. There is Pyro, Hogan does his posing, and Jim Ross thanks us for watching WrestleMania 9. My only note is, what the fuck just happened? Hulk Hogan was... Hulk Hogan just happened. Yeah, I know. I was pissed. Like, I knew the finish. I, You know, this has been played up, you know, numerous times in WF footage for WrestleMania and just in general. It's a very famous spot of Fuji throwing the... throwing the, you know, salt in the eyes. But, fuck. Like, I felt like after the match... Neither Yokozuna or Bret Hart came out well. Like, why, why the fuck even bother? Yeah, and, you know, it's just like Vince was worried that um, Bret wasn't the guy, and he thought Yokozuna was the guy, and that he was all, but he wasn't, but he wasn't sure, and Hulk Hogan is, has definitely been the guy. So go with the safe bet, but it still it still makes the show bad. Yeah, I mean, like, so, I mean, normally when there's a champion, they look at house show numbers, they look at event attendance, they look at, you know, pay-per-view, buys, etc., etc. Well, now, I know this was not, was it the steroid scandal? Was it 91, right? No, the steroid scandal was 94? next year. Oh, okay. So they haven't got that far yet. I thought maybe they yeah. gotten past it. Okay, so... Like, is there, like, proof showing, like, oh, Bret Hart just wasn't drying? I don't think so, but the thing is, is that numbers have been down for a couple of years. Yeah. And so... 
they were trying to go with the sure, what they thought was the surest bet. Um, I, I get it. But, but wrestling in the United States was down everywhere. Like, oh, if yeah. you look at WCW at the time, it was also oh, bad. God. Yeah, they were on ultra life support. So, like, everywhere it was just awful. Yeah. Um. So, do you want to get into the star ratings, or do you have anything else to say about this match? I have nothing else to say. I don't like it. I right, actually, um, before we get into the star ratings, what do you rate this WrestleMania? Negative five, minus five stars. There you go. Match of the night. Um. The. Tag Head team? Shrinkers versus the Steiner Brothers. I agree. Um, yeah. Uh, rating. <sighs> Negative three. I'm going to say, like, this is... This is bad. And it just leaves a shitty taste in your mouth. Mm. I mean, at the end of the day, like... Uh, we've watched nine WrestleManias. I am so sick of Hulk Hogan. I am so sick of him wrapping up the show. And it's always the Hogan show. Even when he's not in the freaking match, it's the Hogan show. So, yeah. All right. Shawn Michaels versus Tatanka. Three and a half stars. Dave must be that was generous. Yeah. The Steiner Brothers versus the Head Shrinkers. Two and a half stars. That was... that was. I guess that's about right. Doink versus Crush. What would you think? One and a half. You are correct. Very generous. Yeah. I thought a half star. Bob Backlund versus Razor Ramon. A dud. Negative one star. Ah. Uh, Hulk Hogan versus Brutus Beefcake versus Money Inc. Or and uh, tag team. Three stars. Two stars. Ah. Uh, Lex Luger versus Mr. Perfect. One and a quarter. One and a quarter, okay. Okay. Giant Gonzalez versus The Undertaker. What do you think? Negative two. One and a quarter. No. Yes. No. Again, I think Dave was very generous. No. Bret Hart he's, versus Yokozuna? He's dumb. Uh, two and three quarter. Three. Hulk Hogan versus Yokozuna? Negative two. Dud. Negative two. It has to be. Nope, it's a dud. So, I, I, I want to watch. I want to I go through this. I didn't, I didn't plan this with you. I've been thinking about doing it all day. We've watched the first nine WrestleManias. Yep. I thought this would be kind of fun to do every every time we switch over. So, we have watched one through nine. Mm-hmm. What has been your favorite WrestleMania so far? WrestleMania three? Good answer. Um, what's been your match? My favorite match? Um. Mm, there's been some good ones. Um, probably Macho versus uh, Steamboat. Yeah. Three. 
I like the flair versus oh, Macho. Fl- yeah, yeah, that was a good one too. And I gotta say, I miss Ric Flair. Holy shit, he was such a breath of fresh air. Yeah, he had. I think he had just left because he was at the Royal Rumble this year. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I've. I also had really fun watching the tag team scene mm. go from like boring tag matches of just guy comes in, guy goes out, guy, you know, to where they started introducing like double team moves. Because remember when we first started watching, they were like, "Oh, you can't do double team moves. That's against the rules." Now yeah. they do them constantly, and they and they're starting to innovate. You know, with the Rockers and and the Samoans, Rick Martel and Tom Zank. Yeah. They were the real innovators. Yeah. Now, I would also say I loved watching the Bulldogs and uh, the Rockers and, and you know, Dynamite Kid in that. Yeah, definitely. Still got to say, though, favorite theme song, All American Males, the Rougeos. Best theme oh. song ever. Yes. You know, for those very, very American people. North American. Yes. So... Overall, I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I'd never gone back and watched any of these WrestleManias. Um, actually, WrestleMania 14 was my first WrestleMania that I didn't even watch. I, like, watched it. 15 was, I guess, my very first WrestleMania that I actually watched. 14 I'd heard about on the news because of Mike Tyson. I've watched yes. I've watched 10. I've watched 12, I think. I've watched 13 and above. I am so excited to get to WrestleMania 13. Um, mm. But you, you could probably guess why. But uh, what's your been impressions of the first WrestleMania 9? Like, is there anything that stood okay. out to you? I mean, this is like my second or third watch through of some of these. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to say that I'm not a huge fan of the first nine WrestleManias. Um, I I'm not a huge fan of the style of wrestling in in them um, because I grew up in the '90s, so mm-hmm. like Attitude Era, and then I really started to get into wrestling again during the tail end of the Ruthless Aggression Era. Mm-hmm. So, like, and it was a lot more innovative. There were people like Rey Mysterio around. There were people like, uh... See, you, Ed- you'd missed, like, the prime Mysterio, though. I do not say... I, I agree with you on the wrestling point of... I don't... Like, the main events... I mean, like... Uh, it's not even just the, the main, main events. The main events sucked. I, I, oh, go ahead, sorry. I, 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 it's not just the main events. It's, like... The majority the of matches. Enti- the entire cards for like WrestleManias one through three, with the exception of Macho and Steamboat, were like really slow and boring. I I think what I've liked about watching the first WrestleMania nines is seeing those flashes of like what's going to come. Yeah, like seeing the Bulldogs, seeing um, the Samoans, seeing Shawn Michaels, you know, seeing these. Large, you know, even Bret Hart, even, and just seeing these guys before they were like the guys, yeah. and then seeing like the interesting tag matches, or seeing, uh, getting to understand why Macho Man. 
I never understood why everyone cared about Macho Man. I knew Macho Man from when he was in the NWO and WCW, you know. And probably from the and Slim Jim. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which, I, ironically, I found out he was doing in the WWF. I didn't know that. Before yeah, he WCW. started there, and he just brought the endorsement with him because it was for him. It wasn't for yeah, WWF. WF, yeah, but um, um, yeah, no, I, I, I get, I get where you're coming from. It's just, uh, I've, I've enjoyed talking about the WrestleManias with you. I haven't necessarily enjoyed watching them. Yeah, no, they, they, some of these have been a huge slog. WrestleMania five, WrestleMania four. Oh, yeah. I was just like, oh, fuck, please. I looked down on the network. It's like three and a, boy, three hours, 45 minutes. Fucking kill me. Yeah. Some of them and, took three to four sittings. The, and, and like eight and nine have been like two and three quarter hours. So they've been shorter shows. Yeah, which is weird. I'm like, are they cutting stuff or are they? They may be cutting stuff. I don't know. But WrestleMania hasn't always been a four-hour show. That is true. No, you're very true on that. So. I just—it's just weird that one year it's like, here's three hours. The next hour, two and a half. Here's four. Right. You know what's been interesting too? Like this was the first year with Monday Night Raw. I. It was boring, and they didn't hype anything for WrestleMania. They didn't do anything. And well, that's not, that's not surprising to me because Raw was a taped show. They, I, I think that they were thinking that Raw wasn't going to be as big of a deal as it ended up being. I get it, but I mean, prior to then, they decided, ah, oh, fuck it, it's TV on Monday nights, and we can make some money, uh, and we're not going to be on Saturday nights or whatever. But my whole thing is like, I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of the WWF fan back then. Mm-hmm. And it's like, who's buying WrestleMania 9? What on the card is like, holy shit, I really got to watch. You know, Bret Hart and Yoko Zuna seem pretty good. Don't get me wrong there. I, I would have probably bought it for that. But anything else yeah. on the card yeah. just seemed like slapped together. Even the previous WrestleManias, but especially this one. Like, at least with WrestleMania, what was it? Six, I think, we had Hogan and and then you know the Iraq War going on. No, that was seven. That was seven. Yeah. Sorry, um, that you know seemed good. But again, like I try to put myself in the shoes of a '90s wrestling fan. Like you get superstars, and you know Raw just started for WrestleMania nine, and it's the most boring as shit ever. Like who the fuck is tuning in? Like I finally look back and it's like. I'm amazed they're still in business, let alone, like, successful. Yeah, well, I guess we'll just have to see how how they start, how they built themselves back up. And, like, don't get me wrong, like, hey, the internet wasn't really a thing. I mean, it existed, but it was still a fringe not thing. Extent, and they didn't have a website. No, no, of course not. But still, like, I mean, do you just look and go, ah, oh, there's wrestling, cool. Or, you know, was there magazines? I mean, obviously there was magazines, but... What yeah, was I mean, the WWF had their own magazine at that point. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was the after mags and, you know. Yeah, the PWI. Yeah. Um, no, I get it, but I'm just trying to think, like, what's driving? You know, just looking at the TV, I'm just like, fuck. Well, I mean, you watched Raw, and they didn't 
hype it, but what else did they have? They had superstars at that point. And they had or... superstars and probably like. I don't, think, I don't think they had. They did, I don't think they had Saturday Night Main Event. No, that anymore. was gone. That'd been canceled in uh, right before WrestleMania Seven. So, um, you know, probably they were doing a lot of like local commercials and like posters and billboards and stuff like that. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, I'm I'm excited to get into WrestleMania Ten and forward because now we're starting to get in the air that made me a fan, and. We're getting out, like, we're still in the heavy, in the, every career has a gimmick. Like, I'm surprised they didn't have, like, a janitor. Or, you know. Well, we're going to get into the super heavy gimmick stuff within the next couple of years. Oh, yeah. But now because we're going to start seeing. Because, like, like, WrestleMania 10, 11, 12, that's the era of. Thurman Sparky Plug. Oh, God, yes. Uh, Duke the Dumpster Drozy. The Goon. Repo Man. So, Who else? WrestleMania 10, that's the one. That's Bret Hart. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, the decent thing is I watched WrestleMania 10's Raw. The Go Home. It was yeah. two weeks before WrestleMania because I think the dog show or something was on. They were. It was two weeks prior. And they did an okay job. They actually, no, I don't say okay. They did a great job of hyping WrestleMania. They had Todd Pettengale in the WrestleMania uh, control center. You know, blatantly stealing that from the NWA. Um, you know, guess guess who's back at WrestleMania ten? Rindy Richter and Lilani Kai. Yeah. I was shocked. But they did a great job. They even talked like uh, Owen Hart was in a, I think, in a match. And he was going to the camera, I'm going to beat you, brother. I'm going to beat you, brother. Uh, I'm going to kick your leg out of your leg. Yes. (laughs) And, you know, like, they actually did a decent job of having WrestleMania that year. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually excited to sit down and start watching WrestleMania 10. I haven't done so yet. But believe me, I'm excited I'd heard about the cage match between Owen Hart and Bret Hart, and everyone says it's really good. Yeah, that, but that's not at WrestleMania 10. Oh, it's not? No, it's at SummerSlam. Ah, oh, well, I still heard this was a good match. Yeah, no, they have a good match at WrestleMania. I think WrestleMania. 10. I think the cage match, though, I think was better received. I I don't know. The anyway. cage match got five stars from Meltzer. Oh wow! But um, the the wrestling match i think at four and a half mm. so it should be fine well there you go either way wrestlemania 10 coming next time in two weeks and uh yeah we're finally starting to get into uh wcw slowly slowly starting to creak yeah because um the hulk hogan by, by next year they'll have hulk hogan mm-hmm Hulk Hogan. I That's get the how. controls of the of the. I just remember there, Ultimate Warrior. I break the cock door and the cockpit door down. Hulk Hogan. I fill the ship with the rocket fuel. Hulk Hogan. <laughs> I point the plane into a nose dive. <laughs> yes, I still favorite promo is still Hulk Hogan. <laughs> swimming out of frame <laughs> and talking about how he's going to save everyone from drowning. 
Awesome. Cocaine was a thing. Still the thing. Well, yes, but it was a thing in in wrestling back then. I don't think it is so much anymore. There you go. All right. Anything else you want to talk about before we head off? Uh, Yeah, actually, I just want to say, because we're we're recording this in um, mid-August, and um, recently we've gotten news since the last time we recorded of uh, two wrestlers who have shown up at WrestleManias have passed away. So I uh, want to give condolences to the families of Nikolai Volkov and... Um, uh, Scotty Tuhati? No. Uh, Jim Neidhart. Oh, yes. Yeah, very recent. Unfortunately, yeah. uh, Jim Neidhart passing away. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 I shall talk about both. I never really... I'll start with, with Nikolai Volkov, I guess. Nikolai Volkov, I loved. Because early, WrestleMania 1, WrestleMania 2, WrestleMania 3, him and Iron Sheik, they got heat like nobody's business. All Volkov had to come out and do is sing the national, you know, the Russian anthem, and fucking hell, the crowd just booed reciprocally. Yeah. I mean, I never saw him actually wrestle that much. And even, like, it seemed like he was one of those guys, like, couldn't really work on the ring. But his gimmick just worked so well, they were just like, fuck it, you know? I, I think he was just kind of, at, like, he he was older by the time, like... Oh, yeah, definitely. Granted, granted he's going to show up at WrestleMania 17. Mm-hmm. But, um, it's, uh... He was he was a little bit older, a little bit stiff, so he couldn't work as well. I think he was a good worker earlier in his career. Yeah, I've never seen him wrestle outside of like the tag matches. Yeah, me neither, you know. to be honest, except for a couple of like indie shows <laughs> where he did less. Yeah, and uh, forgive me if I'm misremembering. It was Bret Hart and Jim Anvil during like WrestleMania five or six or whatever. Against the British Bulldogs, I, I I believe so. Um, but they were in WrestleMania two, the oh, Battle Royale. Right. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So I've never understood until you know recently, until we started watching these matches. I never really got Jim Anvil Neidhart. Like I said, I started watching around. You know, I grew up watching this stuff. Like, I don't remember watching any of the WrestleManias. I remember like. Big Boss Man and the Mountie and, you know, that sort of stuff. Like Jake the Snake. I remember having a Jake the Snake action figure probably in 92. But I never got Jim Neidhart. And I think I just, you know, he never really did much in WCW. He never really did much in WWF by the time I started actually watching and remembering this stuff. Yeah, I mean, he did have a... Fairly okay role around 97. Yeah, no, that's where I remember him as part of the Newhart Foundation. Yeah. And that's when they got really big and over with the America versus Canada. But, like, he had a tag team with Owen that mm-hmm. I don't think we'll ever see. Um, were they and, just part of the Hart Foundation? Like, was it kind of like Freebirds rules where they could just create tag teams willy-nilly, or...? No, like, um, when Owen first... Well, the second time Owen was in the WWF, because the first time he was the Blue Blazer, and then... Well, hold on, we've happened. already seen him, though, as the Rocket. 
Yeah, yeah. So when he was the Rocket, uh, Owen Hart, uh, he had a tag team with Jim Neidhart as the new foundation. Gotcha. Prior, prior to the big Hart Foundation with like Brian Pillman and all mm-hmm. that other stuff. Gotcha, gotcha. So like he was like around for a long time. He also played this character called Who because Vince McMahon thought it was funny. I, what, um, what? I've never heard of this. What? Really? I've never, no, seriously. Yeah, no, he wore a mask and his name was Who. And so it's like, who's in the ring? And then Jerry Lawler was like, what do you mean who's in the ring? And ah, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, it was a, it was a rib. Yeah. Oh, that's awful. Yeah, You're a pun. Like, it, it, it's a, he had this big yellow mask with like a red question mark on it. And it was, this is who? Oh, that's awful. Oh, thank, so, God yeah. he, thank God he's at least in a mask. Yeah, and, and so um, Jim Neidhart, I think, is better re- represented by his daughter, Natty, uh, Natalia, yeah. who is a multi- multiple-time women's champion. So, yeah, uh, I just thought we should bring that up. No, fair enough. I mean, it's been fun watching him. May they rest in peace. Yep. All right. Well, on that note. Oh, one one more thing. Oh yeah. This is the first WrestleMania with no Tito Santana. <laughs> what? I... No, Arriba. So yeah, that's the Arriba! other thing we have. To... Arriba! 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 Uh, Arriba! There you go. Yeah. All right. On that note. Thank you very much for listening. Check out yes. our new series that we're doing every month. We have watched... Uh, who have we watched? Uh, we watched Jen, We watched Tenaru. Watched some Tenaru matches. Got to know more about Jinichi Tenaru. And then we watched... Uh, was it Kijimudo? No, it was... Misawa. Misawa. Yes. Why do I keep thinking Keiji Mudo? Because he had such a because, great match with Tenaru. That's yeah, because Keiji Mudo is awesome, and we have to do him eventually. Yes. So, check those out. They are the... We don't really have a name for it. Just kind of a Japanese wrestler spotlight, because it breaks up the monotony of WWF. Um, yes. And... Keep Zach happy. That, too. Yeah, I gotta keep Zach happy. Otherwise, <coughs> he will... Cough all over the place. Exactly. His bird will go crazy. Yeah, that's true. So, all right. Thank you very much for listening. Yes, Check out the other emails at uh, reviewamania podcast at gmail.com. Check out the other great shows right here cosmicpotato.com. <laughs>